podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Welcome back to Brighton Rock and uh, with me, Peter Marsh, Russell Guyver, still here, sadly. Hello. <laughs> uh, Robin Woolley, still here. Hello. And Brett Mendoza, our special guest for today. How do you find Hello. the first episode, Brett? Did you enjoy it? Yeah, good. A bit embarrassed by the quiz score, but I'll run that. I'm all good. <laughs> Cool. So the next, our next, um, our next feature is uh, best moments, both games, best games, general kind of like, general kind of group chat or whatever kind of thing. Um, anyone want to start particularly with their first best game they can think of? I was, I was going to say just as, as an aside. I think we, we're kind of ruling out the obvious Hereford game, first game at the Amex playoff finals. I think beyond the sort of standout list yeah. that everyone would have if you asked them. I've gone for a kind of step down from that. I've actually gone for the first game at the Withdean as my first one. And the reason I've gone for that is partly the kind of the symbolism of being back in the city after, you know, the, the time at Gillingham. Partly for the fact that it was a 6-0 win, as, as you know, Brett referenced in the quiz. So you Hattrick and Darren Freeman and that hair, really. Like, I mean, there's was, there was so many good elements to it. Um, that's why I've gone for that, just as a, a quick short and short and sweet one. Brett, you going to go for a first one? Um, I just don't know where to go. We're just doing it in random. One of my weird yeah, random, random yeah. I think it's no order um, time-wise or anything. I, was, I think I went, actually went with Robin. Um, it was Hartley Pulled Away in 2007. <laughs> I don't know why. Absolute meaningless game. Um, I think they, they had some kind of tragedy. Is Savage one? Yeah, so yeah, they've had some kind of this is a brilliant game, yeah. Travesty in the build up. I think one of their youth team players had died. Yeah, killed in a car crash, yeah. Car crash. So there was a whole minute silence before and then we we played terribly. I think did Richie Barker score? No. Yeah, I think what? we went one yeah. nil up and then they they equalised and then yeah. they were looking like they were gonna win it. Yeah, but I'm sure it's one of our former players scored yeah, against I think us. You're right. I think it would have been Richie it could Barker. Could have been Barker, yeah. Yeah. And then it's the last minute and Baz Savage was on the pitch. It fell to him like, I don't know, hit him on the shoulder, hit him on the knee, up his shins. He took it around about four players and smashed it in the bottom corner. The last yeah. minute against us, uh, in front of us. And then um, he, just, he did his trademark moonwalk goal celebration. But because where he'd run so far in these celebrations, he'd actually moonwalked right in front of the Hartlepool dugout where the tribute to the player that had died and then it's just part of this massive brawl. But it's just like winning last minute away in Hartlepool, which is miles and miles away. It was brilliant. It was like Halloween time as well. Wasn't it? And well, we Robin, Robin's got a follow-up story to that, haven't you, of recent times? Um, oh, yeah. They still they, don't they, like they, us. They actually hate us. Yeah. <laughs> Certain sections of it. I went to the... They actually had a Fans United game about two and a half, about two and a half three years ago, and they played Wrexham, and it was a designated Fans United game, and I went. Uh, just my Albion top. Um, yeah. I know a few people that go there. Yeah, there was a guy that came up to me and was having a proper go about that game, <laughs> as if I'd as if I'd scored the goal and torn my black armband off and all that. But, and it's the same. Football fans are very long, very long yeah. memories, don't they? So, yeah. Should I? Should I? I've got a kind of follow on from that in terms of it's a similar late two one win. So should I go next and then Russ, you can yeah. do your first one. Yeah. Um, so yeah. mine, Sheffield United away, which was in the survival season under McGee. Yes. Um, and we'd just been to Tottenham away and lost 2-1 in the cup. And I'd 
not got we had to go and sit in the Spurs end because like basically we lived in London and we had you know in those days it was literally first come first serve not based on season tickets or anything like that so we, then obviously a lot less Albion fans were up at Sheffield United the next week for actually what well, was a pretty good game and we went one nil up I think Carpenter might have scored and then Kerry Mayo got an own goal and Leon yeah. Knight scored in front of our fans in like the 93rd minute or something like that and yeah. I think Mark McCammon fell over in the celebration yeah so, yeah uh, it's like always yeah. good to have last-minute winners, though. It's kind of like yeah. similar to the Brett story. It's like, yeah, and it was a yeah, a big win at quite a big then big club, and yeah, key yeah, one to get keep us up in, the, in that division that season. Yeah, I was at that game as well. It was a great game. I really enjoyed that. Um, my my first one was going to be a two-one. I think it was a two-one win as well. Going back to eighty-seven, eighty-eight, actually, in uh, Brett's early days um, around yeah. that time. Um, it was the it was that Gary Nelson game that everyone claims they. They, they were at the match. I was at the game. <laughs> um, it was mad. I used to go with a mate of mine, Phil, who sadly passed away a few years ago now. Um, and um, we, uh, I think a couple of other mates, and I just remember it being a brilliant away day, great atmosphere. We had behind the goal and we had down one side. I think it's the opposite end to where the away end currently is at Griffin Park, um, back then, I think. And um, it was just brilliant atmosphere. I think there was a fence dividing the two sections got open so the Albion fans started migrating between the two areas it was a, I think it was a sunny day as I remember it uh, quite a good game and we won the match 2-1 and I think um, I think it was the winning goal if, as I remember it was Nelson's which if anyone doesn't know is that famous one where he, he beat about 307 players and then cracked it in from 50 yards into the near post um, what actually happened I'd gone down to the side so I was right in front of where he was I think he, from what I remember, I think he intercepted or received a pass from an interception just inside his half, went on a run. He probably only beat two or three players, but probably kept changing direction and putting them on the back foot. So, you know, overlappers going out to other positions, it probably looked better than it was. But it was, nonetheless, it was a brilliant run, massively good shot. He hit it so hard and it just caught the goalie out at the near post from, uh, it feels like a long way out. I think it probably isn't as far out as I think it is. Um, but that's the trick of memory and nostalgia and everything. Um, but it was a fantastic goal. Unfortunately, he's a victim of this time that it was that era when not every goal was on TV. And that's, as far as we know, nobody filmed anywhere. Nobody had phones, smartphones back then. So um, it wasn't to be. You could put that down as a moment rather than a match, but I just enjoyed the whole day out. It was a great day. And um, I think I just remember we got up to all sorts of fun and games on the way back as well, drinking and all sorts. Um, and uh, it was just a great day out and a good game. And it was, so, it was a good season for the Albion. And that sort of epitomised it, I thought. It was just great, great stuff. Yeah. Let's go back around then to Robin, if you've got one ready. Um, my next one um, is Bristol Rovers away under Russell Slade. That's on um, my list as well. <laughs> and the reason for, I mean, it, it, partly it was a great game. But I think, basically, if we'd have lost that, then we were going down, basically. Mm. Mm. And that would have, practically, that would have meant us being in League Two yeah. under two years away from the Amex opening. And I think, hmm. I'm not sure what followed would necessarily have happened um, if, if we hadn't won that game. The game itself, see, Gary Hart played like, I always say like vintage Gary Hart, but he played better than <laughs> he rolled well, back the skill that he <laughs> have at the beginning. Um, yeah. Played like a man possessed, Lloyd Awusu, 
And all I remember it for is Russell Slade's Mourinho-style <laughs> charge down the touchline. Yeah. Um, but for me, I think that game basically encapsulated everything that was brilliant about following the Albion in the lower leagues because it was basically yeah. snatching victory from the jaws of defeat, a yeah. team full of proper characters, team spirit, um, you know, kind of, that kind of core of away fans that you used to see everywhere. So that yeah. It kind of, yeah, for me, it summed up how many years of traipsing around the country. Yeah. No, that was brilliant. I love that because that also, it was a, not a replay, but the first game. It was, was cooled original. off, wasn't it? It was cooled off mm. at a time when Bristol Rovers were bang in form and it would have just been a defeat. Yeah, and, and it would have been, I think, a Woos- <laughs> it would have been a Woosie's first game or something, wouldn't it? Like he wouldn't yeah. have had the time to hit his yeah. ride. But then, obviously, I, I generally think it's one of the big turning points in Albion's history to where we are now, where the game got called yeah. off and we, um, we played later on and won. And that was the start of the great escape, as you said. And then we ended up getting up into the Premier League. And without that, I, I don't know, we might not. Yeah, have. I, just, I, think yeah. Being, I think being in League Two less than two yeah. years before the Amex opened, the momentum, that, this wouldn't yeah, have been yeah. any momentum, really. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and they say it's always on moments, isn't it? Moments and small details, mar- small margins can make the difference. And one can lead to, as you said, a, a whole pathway that you can then go on mm-hmm. just yeah. based on that, that one moment. For example, if we didn't um, have the mentality and the determination that we did to go up the year after we missed out at Middlesbrough, for example, mm-hmm. um, you know, maybe we would never have made it up. Who knows? Mm-hmm. We would have invested money in another club and, you know, yeah. luck can go against you. But... Uh, Small, small matters, yeah. Just quickly, a couple um, from Raymond, the gent, who's uh, uh, been on the show a few times. He's um, wired in a couple of his, uh, which were from the old days in the 80s. He said there were two games that he remembers against Spurs. Um, one of them was at home when we were 1-0 down and we came back to win 2-1 with the late, great Robbo, who sadly died recently, um, and Smith scoring the goal. So Robbo and Smith, 82-83. Unfortunately, it was our relegation season, but... That was a brilliant comeback win. Apparently, late goals, really good atmosphere, dramatic. And he also mentioned, apparently, we had a 1-0 away win, which he was at the game in 81-82 at Spurs, which was a brilliant result. I suppose quite similar to um, the equivalent of us winning at Arsenal this season, third year up. Um, a big win at a big London club. Um, first time we've done that, maybe, I'm not sure. Um, so he had a couple of those in there. So I thought I'd throw those in um, to break things up. Um, over to you though, Peter. I guess next. Have you got another one first, or do you want me to go well, first? Yeah, I mean, did you add Rovers? I don't know. Do you do another one there? Yeah, yeah, I could do it. Um, maybe the same, like um, the end of the with Dean years, uh, D- the Dagenham, the 4 3. Um, yeah, because getting promoted was great, but the after party that night is something that'll stick in my memory forever. <laughs> is this the is this in the welly? No, this is in Vodka Revolutions is yeah. now. I think like we'd one got promoted, we were all happy, we were a load of mates, and then it got late, so it was midweek as well, so a load of people had gone home. And then um I think we went for a kebab down West Street and then we <laughs> sent to Chris uh Holroyd, Charlie Oakway, and then they said, Come with us lads, we've got a party going on and they oh, we were the only, there was only five of us. We were the only fans in there. It was a free bar. All the players in there, just like bottles of Grey Goose, tip it down your throat. And absolute 
mayhem and then we all ended up in buddies at like 4am <laughs> but and obviously that was all from the back of celebrating getting promotion but yeah the game what was game brilliant as well it was a mad but game yeah, yeah the atmosphere before amazing and then we're one year down after yeah it's one of those games where i think everyone just turned up expecting them to like kind of lie down and we'll have to win like four or five nil yeah. and then yeah we were one down in what 30 seconds or whatever yeah, it was like yeah. harry harry arter scored for them i think didn't he that's yeah, Carlisle. Yeah. Wasn't that Carlisle in the other four three? I thought. Oh yeah, maybe. That, with, that might have been Carlisle, possibly. No, I think so. I think yeah, it was the or something. <laughs> that Carlisle one was pretty impressive, exciting as well. The, the yeah. one where Brick Cup scored in the ninety-fifth yeah. minute, whatever it was, or ninety-fourth minute. Yeah, that's great. That sounds like it's the best game and a, a good classic moment as well. Actually, yeah, for you there, Brett. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> one of my favourite ever days supporting Brighton. <laughs> Superb. Well, over to you, Peter, next. I'm going to have to cheat a little and put like three straight games in a row in, but yeah, I'll, I'll, yeah. I'll focus, on, focus on one. <laughs> but the, the two before it were pretty good as well. So I was going to say about Peterborough away in the second promotion seed under Peter Taylor, where we, uh, we won 1-0 there to pretty much guarantee promotion. I think the next day that Reading drew and we then guaranteed promotion. But I was going to extend it to the two before that as well. So the one we've discussed, I think, a few times on here before, where Colchester were basically crowing about how we didn't have Zamora and you yeah. know, their, 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 their fans and their manager were saying we were a one-man team and then we were three up in half an hour or something like that and 1-4-1. One, one. And then that ridiculous Bristol City game we were talking about with Shell Kuypers where they absolutely hammered us and we Kuypers had a pretty, almost his best game for Albion. And then yeah. Lee Steele scored from about six Eight yards offside yeah. Yeah. <laughs> in the 93rd minute to win it for us. And then, yeah, we went to Peterborough and Zamora missed a penalty, but then scored. And, yeah, we pretty much were guaranteed promotion after that. So kind of an extended run of three, but they were all yeah. pretty uh, great days yeah. overall. Even if you're a bit lucky against Bristol City or very lucky. Yeah, I can get a ticket in the way for the Colchester game, so I went in the home end. And I try not to celebrate, but then loads of Brighton fans are around me. So we're all just like, yeah. <laughs> it's hard not to in moments like that, isn't it? Yeah, yeah happy days. Um, I'm trying to think of my next one. I, one I recall the one I've just, just gone out of my head. A couple more from Raymond the Gent. He also mentioned cup matches. Uh, he went to the game, um, I think, where we beat Wisbeach Town 10-1 in the cup. Seven goals in the second half, as he remembers it. Um, which is madness. I don't know which year that was. I can't remember, but uh, he apparently was at that game. And also he mentioned the FA Cup semi-final, which is one of the obvious ones, obviously, uh, from not last season, needless to say, um, from the uh, the game of Wednesday. Um, and he also mentioned the 2-0 win against Liverpool the year after the Cup final appearance um, when we beat them at the top, top of the tree and we beat them 2-0. So they, they were all good games. Um, for me, I'm thinking of the next one for me, I think, just maybe wind it forward to uh, the Amex, I remember really enjoying the game. It wasn't really that great because we didn't win it, but I think it was a three-all draw. It was the, the game with Leeds. Remember that one? Mm. Oh, the Mikhail Smith. Yeah. Uh, we, we actually played with a two up front, which suited Mikhail Smith for once. Yeah. Um, and even though it worked well, he scored, I think, a brace. Um, we still never, never played it again. We were two down, remember. weren't we, in that? Were we two down yeah. and then three, two yeah. up? Yeah, it was a good atmosphere. I think all those games tended to be good at home to Leeds in that era. Yeah. And um, yeah, it was a really good game. Yeah. Okay, over to you, Robin. Uh, I've gone for the, but the fairly obvious back-to-back Charlton and Peterborough success yeah. in, the, in the League One season. Charlton, yeah. when we went there, from memory, I think they hadn't, they hadn't lost at home that season by the time we rocked up there. Um, and Gus took them a bit by surprise because we turned up and he started Kishashev. 
he played a diamond and I don't think they hadn't been expecting it. And that was quite, I remember at the time that was quite a random, to actually see an Albion team rock up and a manager make quite a bold tactical decision was something I hadn't really, hadn't really experienced very much. But obviously, you know, per, I mean, as close to perfect a performance as you're going to get really defensively, keeping the ball, chances created. I think Calderon scored. Um, and then Murray scored from, a, I think, a really bad defensive error, but good finish. And then I think I remember Luar Luar ripping them to bits in stoppage time, I think. And teeing, I can't remember who scored the third goal. Sparrow, maybe? Teeing up Sparrow to score. But, I mean, it was one of those games, I think, Gus in his interview after the game basically said that was as close to perfect as, as you're going to get. Um, yeah. And then obviously the next week, rolling around to Peterborough. I think we were top, they were second, weren't they? Um, mm. and obviously they built the game up all week as being cup final and um, all of that kind of stuff that went along with it and we just steamrolled them I mean I know they had George Boyd sent off fairly early on but even without that I mean we should have won yeah. 6-0 I think the Boyd sending off was mainly because he hadn't got the ball in the first 20 minutes yeah, so we, had, we were so they, dominant they, they, yeah. Yeah, they were he was frustrated and he kicked out so it was like we were already one up and yeah, I, th- I genuinely think if we won eight or nine nil that day, we we wouldn't have been flattered. Well, I mean, we yeah. missed we we missed a penalty. Ashley Barnes hit the bar twice near the end yeah. when we, yeah. we really should have won six or seven. I nil think the keeper was their man the match as well, despite giving away at least one penalty. Yeah, it wouldn't um it wouldn't really have flattered us if we'd won six or seven nil. So I mean, those two pound for pound are probably the best Albion performances I've seen. If you you know trying yeah. to. Pound for pound, they just are. I mean, they were both as close to perfect as you're going to get. Yeah, I think we we have we all had this the either one or both of these games on our list, didn't we? Uh, we said off air beforehand, and I mean that just tells you everything you need to know, doesn't it? It was I think for every Albion fan that was phenomenal, wasn't it? And the fact, as you've mentioned, Peterborough itself was you know that terrace lends yeah. itself to a great atmosphere anyway. But when you're when you're in that situation where the team that you've gone to a second. They've been crowing all week. It's their cup final, and you are literally taking the piss at their price. Like, yeah, it, it kind three of three nil in your cup final was uh, yeah. quite regularly. Yeah, uh... and you know, as you say, you've wound up their best player in the first half an hour to the extent where he's got himself sent off. I mean, you, it's just it's got all the ingredients, doesn't it? So absolutely, couldn't be better. <laughs> but yeah, well, um, Brett, what's your next one? Have you got another one lined up then? Oh, we've gone, we've gone sound free again, I think. Let's give it another go. Apologies, listeners. Oh, yeah. Back in... yep, that's ah, yep. Um, well, I was going to say, I, I don't know where I cut out then, but um, <laughs> at the beginning, I was going to say that Charleston game, I was, uh, I was at Peter Ward's house in Florida. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, we'd just been to Disneyland in the morning. And then I was staying with them, and then we found we looked at the scores, and was like bloody hell. <laughs> <laughs> but <laughs> my next game was one we didn't win. It was um, the Stoke away in the Premier League, where we scored. I think my favourite Premier League goal with Isquiero and the two one twos, and in the bottom that was corner. Brilliant, wasn't it? And I was just thinking bloody hell, we scored a Premier League goal in the Premier League for the first yeah. time and then obviously the last minute where we should have won it but then we could have easily lost it with that penalty the penalty being saved then dunked with that outrageous 
clearance. It's definitely a foul, wasn't it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's far more a foul than the original yeah. penalty, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah. Which wasn't even, I think Stevens even touched the blade first time. Yeah. I think it was handballed as well. Yeah. <laughs> Other than that, though. It was, yeah. but, was that yeah. the game where they had less shots on, they didn't have any shots on target according to the stats or something? And, mm. <laughs> how's that possible? Was that yeah. an own goal? Wasn't there a goal on own? Didn't something, yeah, there was something weird about the yeah. stats. Def- I think it was a massive deflection, wasn't it? Yeah, well, they did. They definitely had a shot on target because there was one off the line in literally the last minute from the yeah. corner following oh, okay. the following the penalty. Yeah. I think it was Knockart headed it off the line. And he's tied. He did, yeah. Yeah. yeah, that's right. But yeah, yeah, that's from a game that we were comfortable winning, scoring one of the best goals, and then we should have lost it, but we didn't. And that's, yeah, that's something. That's textbook Albion, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one of those games we should have been going away gutted. We didn't win, but actually in the end, everyone's just delighted that we hadn't lost after yeah. the last few minutes. <laughs> Considering we stayed up and they went down, it was it's quite it's a bit of a momentum turning point as well, isn't it? Mm, yeah, yeah. Especially yeah. seeing as how they had a massive bust up in their team, didn't they? Because there were like two players wanted to take the penalty and. Oh yeah, Shakiri had a proper. Shakiri, um... was it the guy who won it? Rodri- Rodriguez, Jesse Rodriguez. Yeah, yeah. yeah and yeah, he put Charlie Adam off, didn't he, to a degree? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. There we go. Well, um, Peter, have you got another one there? Yeah, I was going to say, ironically, the sit the promotion season as well, the, the, the um, League One promotion season, the one that we didn't win, I'm going to turn it around to Charlton home in that season, because we were on our probably our worst run of the season. Yeah. We hadn't won in four. After like eight minutes, we'd had like Calderon sent off for uh, questionable red card, and they'd yeah. scored a penalty. And we were looking at like a fourth, third defeat out of five, or fourth defeat out of five. And to come back and get a point, having played with 10 men for over 80 minutes, was, I'd say, almost a turning point in that season, because... Well, we never yeah. relinquished being top. We were being closed in by a number of teams at that point. And yeah, to turn it around and get the point. For me, that was the moment when I knew we were going to go up that year. Because I thought, I just thought that was, um, it just felt like the, the mentality and what we did to yeah. to get a result in that game was um, was telling. And, that, you know, there's moments, again, we mentioned moments. There are moments where you just know, yeah, this is going to be the season. It's a bit like the Pogliagnoli goal um, at QPR. Uh, which I, I don't, sorry to plot spoil if someone's already. Yeah, that's there. definitely going to be. A... <laughs> <laughs> um, well, I was going to mention the Charlton game, so I'll probably go on to say that QPR game is one of mine. Um, it was just already you felt like we were going up. It didn't really feel like we weren't. Unlike the Charlton, we weren't sure, but um, but it was our just... oh, right, QPR one, yeah. But it's like because Charlton yeah, we were on a pretty awful run at that point. Yeah, that's into... right. Whereas the QPR game, it was almost mm-hmm. like an early celebration of what you knew was now going to happen. It was a yeah. euphoric moment, amazing free kick, ridiculous, right, right in front of the Albion fans. Absolute bedlam time. behind that goal. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and as we were saying off air, Raymond, uh, the gem, was supposed to come with us to that game and he had a ticket, came to the pub and went home. He didn't come to the match. Oh, <laughs> Raymond, if you're listening, what were you thinking? Yeah. <laughs> I think also what, what, what followed that weekend, I remember sitting at home and watching the games on Saturday, and I think Forest beat Huddersfield, and Reading lot got stuffed somewhere, and yeah, then Newcastle right. lost in the evening. And it was like we, are, you know, it wasn't just the three points that day. It was like everyone else lost on Saturday. I mean, must played Friday night. It was a massive swing, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. When it we actually thing? didn't need much anyway, we only like we were pretty close anyway. Yeah, it was similar to when I remember. I can't remember who who we beat at home, but then Huddersfield lost at the end to Burton, didn't they? At home. Yeah, we beat Blackburn. I think it was a, yeah, yeah, Blackburn. That was it. Yeah, similar, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah, that was yeah. twice in a week that they lost and it was kind of like we, yeah. we got nine points in the space of seven days and they got like three. Yeah. 
Right, how are we doing? Anyone else want to chip it? Have we got much more I've to go one, through here? I don't know. I've just got one final slightly random one that's actually from this season. Ah. Slightly bizarre. Yeah. I've actually gone for the win at the Emirates this season. Oh, yeah. And the reason yeah. I've gone for that is obviously the first time we've won away against the top six side in the Premier League. But the fact it was totally deserved. Yeah. The main thing. We actually, you know, beyond that 10 or 15 minute spell at the start of the second half where they got, got where they equalised and then they looked quite dangerous. For the rest of the game, we were the better team. And I think for me growing up in my kind of teen years where you were watching the Arsenal teams under Wenger, you know, winning titles, winning cups, going full seasons unbeaten. I didn't think at that point I would see an Albion team go to Arsenal in the Premier League mm. and not just win, but effectively play them off the park. Yeah. It was quite, yeah. For me, personally, it was quite a bizarre moment. Like Brett, you know, Brett was saying, scoring a Premier League quality goal in the Premier League. It's like when you go to one of the big boys in the Premier League, it's not just, you know, we've not shit house to win in the last minute. We mm. have, for the majority of the game, been the better team. There yeah. is a bit of a watershed moment for me, to be honest. Mm. Yeah, that's a good show. Have you got any others you wanted to chuck in as well, Brent? Um, maybe I think maybe um, when we beat Man United to stay up in the Premier League as well, yeah. that was brilliant. Like with yeah. the goal and technology, we didn't think it was going to get given, and then it did. And yeah, like Robin, growing up, Man United won everything, and I hate them more than any other team. So <laughs> I beat them. It was just yeah, yeah. probably as well. Yeah. <laughs> that was another similar game where basically where knockout just knockout just ripped them to bits. Yeah, for the mm. entire game. And you think this yeah. is an Albion player putting, you know, how many Man United defenders on the ground? And you think yeah. they had not, you know, they had they had Pogba, they had all the big guns out, and actually yeah. we were the better team. I think yeah. equally that you could turn that one around. Is did what a few months later the next season have beaten them three two as well. Having been because yeah. you could argue their mind was on the cup final, they had nothing to play for that season. You could yeah whether or not that's right, you could argue it. But to then beat them three two when really three two flattered them at the start of the season, yeah. having been so dreadful at dreadful at Watford on the first game, but yeah. winning three two if anything really they were they were lucky to get away with the late I mean, penalty. That we were lucky in that three, game that Lindelof looked like he'd never played football before. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. some bizarre. Yeah, Glenn Murray was outpacing their back line. Yeah. <laughs> he was like, Fred Fred was terrible, wasn't he that day as well? Yeah, well they all were pretty I awful. Was, I think that was back to back home games. From yeah. yeah, it was. Yeah. <laughs> Hmm. Yeah, so that's just, not bad. Okay. I've just got a couple more. I was going to say yeah. one is my first season when we were in the playoffs and we the semi final against Millwall when we were one nil down at probably about half time or maybe just after half time and we won four yeah. one in the end too, which pretty much got us to Wembley, which obviously yeah. then didn't work out too well. But we absolutely hammered them and the Goldstone was rocking. It was yeah. like one of the best atmospheres I've seen at the Goldstone. Um, yeah. yeah, which was pretty pretty epic. Yeah. And purely from a ridiculous point of view, and I feel we should mention a Gillingham game, I'm going to mention the four all against Colchester when we were three <laughs> down at, at one point yeah. and then and also yeah. four three down. And we somehow managed to get a point in, in what Paul was a pretty, Yeah. <laughs> I don't think he scored any other goal for us, did he? Also, he barely, <laughs> but he, he got a hat trick that day. And was it Vincent yeah. got the penalty yeah. late on? But yeah, somehow yeah. we got a point from absolute, you know, we're terrible yeah. at three nil down. Yeah. I yeah, I mean, I think probably it's slightly cheaty if we went for the really big ones like Palace with McShane, which we mentioned on here before anyway on this, on this uh, show in previous episodes. West Ham away, I suppose, with Butters, that's another one, which yeah. just gets maybe too many mentions. Yeah. So one other one I'd probably chuck in is, um, I think it was April 2013, when we played Blackpool 
and I think we were already pretty much secure for playoffs. Um, and unfortunately, it didn't go well in the end, as we know. But um, but we, I just remember that day. It was a really hot, sunny day. We went to the Battle of Trafalgar for a, a few pints in the beer garden before the match. It was packed. There's a load of us sitting out there, and this guy with a bald head got um, shot on by what well, was probably a seagull, definitely a bird, um, and so uh, splattered well over his head. And much um, mirth was had <laughs> by everyone. You know, poor guy was completely at the centre of attention. Um, went off. Uh, the good thing was being bald, you could just wash it off a lot more easy if you had hair. But uh, other than that, it was, um, it was quite a funny moment. And they say about good luck, and well, we were probably confident we'd win the game, but I'm not sure we thought we'd win 6-1, which is how it ran out in the end. Um, the only thing that was annoying about that game was conceding an easy goal, which uh, was yeah. a bit of a disappointment. Didn't we even we score were... the, the, their goal as well? Doesn't like Hammond score an own goal? Yeah, it was an own goal. Yeah, yeah. we scored exactly, all seven yeah. goals, didn't we? Yeah, I remember thinking um, it was absolutely brilliant. I think in that game. Can, can yeah. I mention one more actually before we mm. move on to moments? That Derby home game where Vicente and Luar Luar absolutely. I think it was the first season at the Amex. We won two yeah. 0 and one where Vicente's Vicente's run could be the moment, but we absolutely hammered them yeah. all game. And two yeah. 0 was like flattered them massively. We should have won about four or five probably. Or yeah, like obviously yeah. we mentioned that with Vicente before, but yeah, he's so, it was yeah, just like that was, that's on my list of favourite moments. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, to, sorry to jump ahead, but I was just thinking that whole game, I thought we were brilliant anyway. I was just going to... Yeah. yeah, Vicente and Luar Luar were just... Yeah. They just couldn't time. deal with them. Yeah, which, yeah. considering our record since then against Derby, was actually a kind of quite nice one, because our record against them since then has been pretty terrible, generally. Yeah. We've not often yeah, beaten them. There's one season we lost to them four times. Yeah. In the playoff season. Yeah. <laughs> oh, God, yeah, that was awful, wasn't it? Uh, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, so I mean that, that pretty much sums it up. I, I don't know if anyone's got any other ones, but um, that's a good list of games there yeah. and, and a collective choice, yeah. a, a real mixture, I think. Um, and um, I think that sums up what it's like with the Albion, isn't it? One, if, if I did add one more, it would probably be in a weird sort of way that first game in the Premier League against Man City because you saw us really up for it, really well organised. We played as well as we possibly could have done and just undone by an incredibly good team at the top of their game, who we've managed to hold off for whatever it was, 70 minutes or whatever, yeah. uh, and eventually conceded. But I was exhilarated to be part of it, to be playing a team that good, again, after all those years of misery. Um, yeah. And to, to know you'd landed, and you were, you were at least giving a good account of yourself in your first game, not not yeah. getting thrashed. But it was one of those errors, though. wasn't it, that we'd have got away with in the championship? And yeah. Then, yeah two passes, and Aguero isn't going to miss that, whereas yeah. championship had, strikers had, would have done. Had three chances, I think, in the game and scored two goals. And um, you know, okay, the result wasn't good, but just just being back up there and playing a team that good in a league game to be yeah. technically on the same level mm. in terms of status um, was at least for that week anyway <laughs> was um, was yeah. fantastic. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Well, I don't think we need to really choose a shortlist. I think we'll just leave them all sitting there, shall we? The yeah. best best games. Moments is going to be interesting. I think we we can split this into, or uh, well, we can do it in a random order. But we could we can have it divided between moments that have happened on the pitch and moments that have happened off the pitch. <laughs> I guess I've got a couple that are off the pitch. I'll come to them later. But who wants to start? I can see Brett looking smiley there. Has he got one already lined up? I don't know. Yeah, I'm just trying to think like differentiate them between. There's obviously that, I said the Izquierdo goal, the Premier League goal. Yeah, in some the cross up between the match and the moments, aren't they? Yeah. But one again is that your hand batch overhead kick. I don't know if it's too oh. obvious, but he's not that yeah. good. Oh, he's tried it. And it's like the shot has gone in <laughs> against Chelsea, against one of the best. Was, is it the most expensive keeper in the world? Yeah. I don't know. 
<laughs> and it's the added element. At the added element of, of just being so pleased for the guy as well, knowing how much yeah, more it's yeah. going to be for him than somebody else on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah. It was just the whole audacity of the whole sequence of events. I just didn't expect it. And then we scored. And then, yeah, ridiculous. <laughs> That's a great shout to start off, I think. Brilliant. Um, well, Robin, you've mentioned Vicente as one of yours. With yeah, that I was going to go with thing. Do you want to elaborate on that one? Um, yeah, which I mean, I've talked about it a couple of times on this podcast already. It just seemed to be... He just seemed to deliberately take the ball around some players twice, just for the uh. and giggles, really. Um, and it almost makes it better that he didn't score. I don't know, in a, in a weird way, um, the fact that he went to all that effort and it kind of summed up the whole thing to do all of that and then smash the ball <laughs> against the bar. Um, one of my other ones was the Baz Savage last-minute winner that Brett's already mentioned, just because it was like the best, shittest goal I've ever seen. <laughs> like if you were describing it you could legitimately say he picked the ball up on the halfway line and then scored yeah, he had balled it twice at least like him balling off basically everyone on the pitch it was yeah. a good finish I mean it was a really yeah. good finish at the end yeah. it. Um, but it really it shouldn't the ball should not still have been at his feet by that point um, yeah. and the final one I've gone for the slightly bizarre one is actually when Fran Sandaza scored the late <laughs> Winner against Oldham, yeah. top of the league, yeah. and he scored in. about four centimeters away, <laughs> and he tore off his shirt as if he'd scored an overhead <laughs> kick, and it was just like it was just such a, like the celebration was just so disconnected from the goal. <laughs> I still think about it; like, it still makes me laugh now, just thinking about it. But it was the one that got us top, wasn't it? We put us top of the league, didn't it? And yeah, we never, yeah. and we never Stakes dropped top. below top after that. Yeah, yeah. yeah. You would have done that, wouldn't you, Robin? If you yeah, scored yeah. from such a small distance away with no one in front, of him. <laughs> and then, I could definitely see you doing that, Robin. If you'd have scored that, you would have been running around the whole pitch doing that, swirling yeah. it around like Ryan Giggs. <laughs> so yeah, that and it was so, yeah, just such a bizarre, such yeah. a bizarre scene, really. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that's brilliant. Well, I've got a couple. One, one from Raymond again. He mentions one. It's, it's related to Vicente again, actually. The free kick uh, where Adam Elad pulled the entire wall to one side so he could score again. Was it against Portsmouth, I think? Portsmouth. Yeah. Yeah. And um, that was hilarious. The fact we got away with it. <laughs> Just parting of the waves was, was, was quite a funny moment, I have to say. Um, so that, that was certainly one from, uh, from him. Um, I've, I've temporarily forgotten the one I was about to mention, so I'll, I'll pass it to Peter for a moment, uh, and I'll cool. come back to mine in a minute. Uh, so my first one is the... I was going to mention the game, but I thought maybe could we've had a few Premier League ones already, um, having a, keeping it for the moment. Pascal Grosch's goal against West Brom, when it was our first goal we'd scored in the Premier League after promotion, um, mm. having gone three games without scoring, only getting one point. And then, yeah, we finally, just before half-time, finally scored, and it was like... Yeah, obviously, from my point of view, I both started watching when we were in what is now Championship, and then we dropped down to almost go out of the league. And the chance, yeah, the odds of scoring and then going on to win a game in the Premier League was just huge. And I think yeah. we scored almost straight away after half time as well through Grosh again. And it was yeah. the floodgates opened for that point. But yeah, it was such a big moment because we were, it looked like we were, we hadn't really looked like scoring much in our first three games, to be honest. And it was finally getting yeah. that first goal. Yeah. Well, I, I might rewind for the one I've just remembered now is um, rewinding back to Darlington away um, in the low divisions. I can't remember the year, actually. I forgot to check this. But there was a game where Gary Hart scored, ran to the away ends, which was down the side of the pitch. And it had been raining and there was this massive muddy slide he did, which seemed to go on for miles as he celebrated what was, I think, the winning goal. Um, again, I had my 
my Dolo mates um, with me at that match. They came in your way in with me actually for that, um, which bizarrely, but um, that was that was quite funny. We really enjoyed that. Um, so just those moments, you know. Again, it's it's not it wasn't the goal itself. I can't actually remember the goal. It's just the celebration was was superb. Um, mm-hmm. I've got another one as well, which is um, going back to the Bristol City game. You could you could have put this as the match, but I think it's more about the moment. Sidwell scoring the and the goal mm-hmm. from the halfway line under a blood red yeah. sky. It was the, it was the um, uh, bonfire weekend, yeah. I think. Yeah. It? Yeah, the fireworks uh, got in the keeper's eyes, didn't they, or something like that? You couldn't yeah. see anything. <laughs> and it was just everything was surreal about it. The hot, yeah, the skyline that we could see easily above the stands. Um, behind which where the goal was scored, uh, the goal itself, and then obviously the shirt came off, the, the yeah. knockout tribute thing for his dad. It was just a fantastic moment, poignant yeah. moment, but also a, just a mental moment as well. It's just an incredible goal. You don't see them very often, especially live, do you? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Brett, over to you, my man. Hopefully I haven't taken like yours away. A bit weird, where <laughs> we've just had like, some players that haven't been available for selection for some stupid reasons. Yeah. It's made me chuckle. Like we had um, Gonzalo Yara when he was he was arrested on the way to a game, wasn't he, for driving without a license and <laughs> insurance, so he couldn't play. And then we had uh, Joe Mattock who who couldn't play because he he cut and infected himself manscaping in theory. And then we had the stupid ones like. Ashley Barnes, who was banned for seven games for trying to kick the referee in. <laughs> just, 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 we just had a whole plethora of ridiculous excuses why, why we players couldn't play. They've just the made Barnes, me laugh. The Barnes one was, um, I think that was away at Bolton or oh, Wigan. Yeah. I, was, I was at that game. That was mad. It, it, looked, it looked like it could have been accidental, but you know it probably wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> Peripheral vision and everything, you know. Yeah, it was quite funny. Wasn't that Blackpool well, we'll game where you mentioned earlier, Russ? That game, he came, didn't he come back in that game and like, get two goals or something? Or yeah, wasn't that like, his yeah, first right. game for like seven games yeah. or whatever. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Robin, what what have you got? Have you got any good ones there? No, I say the only other sort of moment that stands out to me is um, I loved when Glenn got his hundredth goal and brought back hmm. his. Yeah, yeah, which we've not seen for a long time, and that was kind of it. Was a nice, it was a nice throwback, and I didn't know whether we'd get to see that again. And uh, yeah, it was that was a nice one. Does any, did we ever establish what, what that was? Because people have said it was a kind of receding hairline joke. Right. Yeah, I don't know whether we've ever actually found out. No, yeah. no. he looks around the corner from me, so I'll have to ask him when yeah, I see him. I'll no, find out. That'd be fine. But yeah, the only theory I've heard was that it was a kind of receding hairline joke yeah. getting stick from the rest of the team. But no, it was nice, nice to see that come come back out. And it was a winning, obviously a winning goal, wasn't it, in the end as well? So yeah, yeah. I, mean, I think we got absolutely battered, didn't we, by Wolves, and we yeah, had to call yeah. our own shot. <laughs> yeah, we talked about this. I think it was a couple of weeks ago. That season, we got four, we got four points off them, and I think we only had one shot on target, and they had about. <laughs> Thirty odd shots on time. And we had three, <laughs> three games in a row where we played. Like was it Wolves, Newcastle, and West Ham? Yeah, and all West three Hampton. of them, they should have beaten us, and we won yeah. all three one nil. That Newcastle game, it was a shot that wasn't on target, wasn't it? Yeah, it was miles out, and then and wasn't, it, and wasn't it a corner that wasn't? It wasn't a given corner, really, that, Yeah. Well, we say that when you look at it from the away end at Newcastle. Who knows? Yeah. Who knows what's going on? <laughs> 
Yeah. Well, I've, I've got three memories, if I just bundle these in together from the with theme, um, two of which, well, two memories and one that's been relayed to me by someone else. Um, the, the funny bits, really, um, two of them. One of them was we were playing Saints. I can't remember if it was that game when it was the day of 9-11 or not, actually. It might have been. There was a game against Saints in the evening one time anyway, which, if you remember, when 9-11 happened, we played a match that mm. night. We did that was my 21st it. birthday that night. Oh, was it? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's, a, that's interesting timing for that, yeah. isn't it? Um, <laughs> I'm not sure if I'm getting the right game anyway, but Paul Jones was in goal for Saints. And he was shouting a load of stuff out to his teammates, and it was a pretty quiet atmosphere. And um, someone from the Albion South Stand shouted, sit down and shut up, Jones. So he did. <laughs> he sat down and then just looked at the crowd and did a thumbs up. Oh, it was brilliant. <laughs> it's quite fun. Bit of banter. Um, and another one, which is the one I didn't have firsthand, but mate John mentioned to some of you guys know, CNC. Um, he's, um, he was at a match... Um, but with Dean, when this guy was being belligerent and obnoxious, he'd had a few drinks. He was causing a load of hassle in the South Stand of the with Dean, mm-hmm. and um, the stewards started coming up, warning him. He ignored them. They came back again. Eventually, they said, "Right, we've got to kick you out." So they started grabbing him to grab, take him down the steps from the back of the South Stand, and he wasn't coming easily. So they they carried on pulling and tugging at him, and one of his legs came off. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had a false leg. Yeah. which apparently the steward's face was a picture when he wouldn't realise what he'd done. And he dropped it, it rolled down the steps to the bottom and <laughs> they carried on kicking him out. And he was going, you pulled my leg off and all this sort of stuff. Like, oh, man. Like, did you, any of you see that? Yeah, yeah. Well, there's Derby yeah. in the cup. Oh, right. Yeah, yeah, it was a cup game, I think. Because then there was like the Man City game before that where we beat them on penalties and then there's the guy in the... Wheelchair pitch invasions, brilliant. Oh, that's what you could do at Woodding. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that was great. Um, and um, one other memory from the Woodding I remember, which is a bit different to that, was I've been following the, um, the development of FC United of Manchester and how their fan base have been working. And, you know, I think they had the game at Rochdale where they, they took thousands there. It was a mad mm. atmosphere. And we were playing them, and I don't think most people have been following what's been going on. I knew what was coming, and they turned up, and they were singing from way, way before kickoff, and then all the way through the first half, all the way through half time. I remember sitting at the end of half time, looked across to a guy I know called Gong. This is nickname, not his real name. Um, and we just exchanged glances. We called each other's eye line, and we'd both been looking at what they were doing. And just looked in wonder at thinking, wow, that is something else, I have to say. It's the best away support I've ever seen, um, head for head, um, at any game, I think. They were just they were just non-stop. It was like an Argentinian kind of uh, Atletico match or something, from their side of it, at least. Um, and it just shows what can be done. And I remember games in the past when it's been a pretty special atmosphere with that sort of thing going on. And it was a little bit of like a, a hark back to the old days, which I think is essentially what was driving a lot of the older school manual supporters into, uh, into, into taking up that cause and saying, screw you the Glazers. But uh, that, was, that was interesting, just the catching of eyes with someone in, yeah. in sort of joint wonderment at this moment that was going on ahead of us. And it was so in contrast to the weird thing in general, wasn't it, as well? Um, making a noise in that stadium was quite impressive in general, to be honest. <laughs> um, anybody got any more? Peter, have you got any I- other... Yeah, I was going to say, although it was in, well, in the end, defeat, or a draw, but ended in defeat, um, Dunk scored against Sheffield Wednesday in the playoffs semi-final, 
um, mm. because we'd been basically, I've kind of went away from Hillsborough on a Friday night, give, well, not giving up, but we'd had four injuries. We were basically yeah. out, you know, you assume that all of them will be out. It would be up for Monday night. Then you come to, we got to the ground and Knockhart was in the starting lineup and it was like, you know, he yeah. looked like he could barely walk on Friday and yeah. everyone was like yeah. stunned and the atmosphere suddenly increased and that whole atmosphere built up to the game and the first 45 minutes was amazing yeah. and probably the best Dimex atmosphere ever. And Dunk, I think scored about, we'd battered them for half an hour and suddenly... Yeah. He scored, and for 15 yeah. minutes until they got their goal back, there was a genuine belief that we could get, you know, pull off the what would have been an amazing recovery from two down, and and yeah. then yeah, they scored a goal that should never have been allowed, and that kind of ruined the atmosphere. And the second half was a bit of a bit nothing, yeah. but that that goal for 15 minutes just had everyone believing they, that we could. They were panicking, get it weren't they? And yeah. yeah, I remember Paul Camelin said that he was in the press area for that, and he said that his ears were almost hurting; it was so loud. He said he'd never heard them; he'd never been yeah. in an atmosphere like that. Um, for I mean, he probably that central position has the optimum acoustic, um, yeah. I guess, to, to be in a position. It was so frustrating it. that such a I mean, a blatant foul on Dunk should have been missed yeah, by yeah. officials to then you know basically completely undo all the good work we've had in that first half. Yeah. They didn't, they did barely got out of their half, and then oh, yeah, and okay. then they somehow got a goal from nothing. I mean, I mean, that that first ten minutes was yeah, insane, the wasn't it? Thing is that that I think the atmosphere there clearly created the drive within the club. Mm. Because I remember, I think I've heard Tony say that they had a board meeting on the Monday after. Yeah. Where they basically said, right, next year, essentially to paraphrase, we're not pissing around, yeah. we're going up, we're not bothering with the playoffs, we're going straight up. Yeah. And I think if there hadn't necessarily been that atmosphere, I think it showed that literally everyone was like, we've had, we've had enough of basically being nearly there. Yeah. Let's not piss around. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you could just see. And I was lucky enough to meet at a pre-season friendly, Chris Hughes, and he was talking about the partnerships on the pitch and the determination. Actually, no, that was the previous year with the partnerships. But you could tell the determination yeah. um, was yeah. just gone on to a new level. Um, it was going to go one or two ways, wasn't it? We were either going to um, collapse by missing, having missed out or we were going to just step on. And yeah. um, we just did it with extra anchovies. In hindsight, I wouldn't have wanted to have gone up that season. I think we no, I don't that. think we were ready then, actually. But yeah, yeah. at the time, it's a real yeah, genuine gutter. But we needed one or two like Murray and Duffy to come in, didn't we, to kind of yeah, uh, to make us ready. If we'd have gone up, I think we'd, our season would have gone very much like Middlesbrough's. Yeah. Not but then, that, I was going to say that led to the promotion season, which there were so many. I mean, along with that pocket and moment, I was thinking of like Murray's winner at Birmingham the last minute was an absolutely brilliant moment. That, that was you know, on that, my list. Yeah. <laughs> And then Top also Bell, the um, double save. Yeah, the Fulham two minutes oh. at Fulham where we were like absolutely hammered for 70 minutes. They yeah. were all over us. Another Stockdale penalty save. The Brentford 3 3. Yeah. Properly dead and buried. They should have won it right at the end. But then we should have won it as well. At 2 all, we should have. We had like some really good chances to score. Yeah. That was a good, that was a great save as well. Yeah. yeah. I had yeah. Stockdale double save in mine as well. Um, I guess you could say, in a sort of comedy sort of way, actually, um, just after that as well, the Norwich double strike by Stockdale was pretty good as well. Yeah. You know, like players are still clearly pissed when it happened. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah the Norwich did one, didn't they win two 0 without having a shot on target? Yeah, yeah. they hit the post twice and both went in, and then like, yeah, I don't think they actually yeah. had a shot on target all game. Uh, yeah, another funny one for me was. Um, Albion legend Kemi Agustin, um, one time I remember. <laughs> I think every <laughs> moment with him was funny, wasn't it? <laughs> uh, yeah, his whole Albion career um, makes it sound like a long one, which it wasn't. Um, but he, there was someone injured down near the North Stand, right by the by the goal line, in, on the pitch. 
And I remember, I don't, no one seems to have seen this apart from me, but he, he went up to the player and rolled him off the pitch, which he subsequently didn't seem to mind either, which was the one I want to put in from this season is Shiloto rinsing Zahar with his crying <laughs> thing. The, yeah, I, yeah. I don't even care I, that we lost that game because that's <laughs> one of my favourite things of all time. <laughs> so funny. Yeah, yeah, it's immature. I, I, exactly. That's why I enjoyed it. I thought it was yeah. Palace fans are not, it not been too so much, If we'd have won that game, that it would have been so much better if we'd have done that as well. Yeah. I'm, still, yeah. I'm still enjoying it. That it was just a, and the fact that the cameras got it, that, that it was just yeah. perfectly on camera as well. Yeah, and um, well, speaking of moments, I guess there's one other one while we're talking about Palace that comes to mind. Has anybody got that already on their list that we were about to mention? Yeah, okay, yeah, yeah. That was, that was something else as well, wasn't it? Well, also yeah. Andone, yeah, the, as well. Yeah. We were holding on for two yeah. at half time and from nothing. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I actually missed that. I did the I did the go for a beer slightly before the half-time whistle uh, fell into a classic trap. Actually, I don't know if any of you guys know a guy called Beanie. Um, yeah. Who, uh, yeah, he's, he, he managed, when we played the, I think it's the game where Spanish Dave scored the free kick. It was, what was the score in that? 3-1? 3-0. 3-0. St. Patrick's Day Massacre, wasn't it? I think. Um, yeah, and he managed to miss all three goals despite being in the ground, uh, which is quite impressive. Going. That's impressive. <laughs> that was one of my moments too. He, I think he'd gone to try and get a very early beer in, heard the goal and ran back and saw, oh, damn, I've missed it now. Went back out, missed another one. And then I think he carried on drinking just after the second half kicked off and missed the third goal. That was quite impressive. I did start a song about him at the time and got a few people singing it, which he wasn't best pleased with. But uh, that was, that's, that's going to take some beating, to be honest. Yeah, yeah that's In the awesome. category of... Uh, missed mm. goals. But, uh, there we go. Well, similarly, that I think that that Palace three-one Zaha sulking in front of the away fans at three-nil. I think he kind of like stamping his feet, having given the ball back to Montoya, picked his pocket again, as he did pretty much all night. I think he kind of like almost like, stamped his foot and like just slightly like kind of shrugged his shoulders in front of the stand, mm. and the Palace fans were berating him. He told him to get on with it, and he was just like he really, he really is a weird one with us, isn't he? Because he obviously he's the pantomime villain. And he is the diver that everyone loves to have a go at and in general. He can turn it on, though, doesn't he? That's but the he can turn it on. But sometimes he's completely ineffectual. Yeah, in last fact, season the... he did nothing in those two games. Yeah. yeah and exactly. in the recent game that we just had where we lost to them, um, he was pretty poor, I thought. We kept yeah. him completely under control. The only time he looked dangerous was when we had a head injury that was, should have been blown for and wasn't. So I think it was Webster. And the space that Webster would have been marking was left free that allowed Zaha to run on and cause a bit of danger. That was the only moment he caused us any mm. problems. I think he tends to be either either great or terrible because yeah. it means He's so much it. to him, like with like Dunk probably as well. It means so much to him that he probably kind of if it works, well, it's brilliant. But if he hard. if it doesn't he gets frustrated and he yeah, he tries yeah. too hard and yeah. I've like, got another really, sometimes. really random moment in there, probably no one else has remembered. It's only because I've come from like North London and I went to school with A, obviously Arsenal and Tottenham fans, that sort of thing, but B some people who followed Barnet. And when we were like below Barnet in the league, so I used to get taken the piss out of by Barnet fans about football and our first win there I think in my time of watching was a 1-0 win and my moment is Mika Ify Jaguar scoring a bullet <laughs> header from a corner away to Barnet in the absolute pouring down rain when uh, when he played one of his two or three games to us before getting deported. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's the worst I've ever been at a football match. Yeah that was dreadful it was like kind of absolutely drenched and yeah, yeah. even compared to the Wifteen ones I think it was pretty bad. Yeah. <laughs> And we uh, somehow yeah, we won one nil. Must have been the second Gillingham season, I think probably. Yeah, ninety eight ish, wasn't it? Yeah. yeah. 
Any other business on the classic moments or funny moments front? I don't know. We've probably covered most. One of my ones is I think we played Wolves on the last day of the season. I can't remember the score, but um, I just remember the Wolves players. They were taking their tops off, and Jamie O'Hara threw his in the crowd, and then the fans <laughs> just threw it back at him. <laughs> <laughs> They'd been relegated, hadn't they? Yeah. Because yeah. we were singing You're Not Fit to Wear the Shirt to, to yeah. them or something, weren't we? I think yeah. Something like that. So yeah. I remember that. And then it was yeah. George Kobe. Do you remember him? Yeah. He, he took his top off and he was stacked. And you could even <laughs> tell from the West West Upper how muscly he was. I think he's like um, the Wolves winger now, the Triore. Oh, yeah. yeah. Where they're just properly stacked. You look bloody hell, you know. <laughs> but I yeah, it's just... I... My final favourite one is probably, is an off-the-pitch one, is probably the parade for the League One season where they gave Gus the mic and they weren't yeah. going to anything, Gus, and then he proceeded yeah. to obviously sing the... <laughs> uh, yeah, the, uh, We're the something brilliant, yeah. 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 yeah, that was brilliant, man. It's, yeah, About the middle days. of the day with all the sort of council dignitaries and, you yeah. know... The <laughs> kids are out. <laughs> yeah. He's complicated. Yeah. I miss uh, that's great, though, isn't it? Yeah, that, yeah, it must be up there with the most random moment. Must be like the Poya interview after the Palace playoff defeat when he yeah. started talking about seat reaching our ceiling and you yeah. know just what fans want to hear about after we've just lost to our biggest rivals in a playoff semi final yeah. and just yeah. going off on one about like we've reached our ceiling. It's like you know terrible. I can't. I'm not sure we can go well, any other further. People couldn't, other people couldn't reach the toilet seat, um, yeah. which is one of the problems that day. I think it was yeah. always going to be about him, wasn't it? I mean, we always knew that when he eventually when he left. So it was always going to be some sort of ego yeah. Yeah. moment. You had yeah. to accept that that was, that was who he was, wasn't it? I think the irony with Poyet as well was that we've had a number of managers who, relative to our position and our situation, we've been quite happy and excited to have the likes of Coppola and Taylor. And even before that, Horton um, seemed to be quite good to, to have him in the bottom division. And, and yet managers went quite quickly. And then we finally got, you know, even Mickey Adams went relatively quickly. We finally got a manager who stayed for quite a while, relatively speaking, and yet he continuously talked about other jobs that he was mm-hmm. he was selling himself for, um, which may be continuously on edge. <laughs> but ironically, he actually stayed longer than a lot of the other managers that we did lose. Yeah. And um, actually, his career beyond a little keeping Sunderland up has mm. yeah, he's he's, he's, he's stayed. He's no but, the last his last job he got sacked by Bordeaux about eighteen months ago for having a proper. He had a proper rant at the chairman in a press conference and got. <laughs> yeah, something's never changed. <laughs> yeah. but, I mean, Sunderland fans. He's really well renowned with Sunderland fans because I know he kept them up. And I think they battered Newcastle. They won three 0 at St James's Park. Um, and he talked to a lot of Sunderland fans of any generation. They'll say that three 0 at St James's Park was is like. Yeah. Is the best they've ever seen Sunderland well, play. Well, well, that was that's pretty much what they every season happened at Sunderland, wasn't it? They had, a, they had a manager who was pretty awful at the start of the season. They would then be sacked mid-season. The new manager would pretty much do the impossible and keep them up, but then be terrible the next season and then replaced by someone who reformed and done a miracle. And then, yeah, and but and so, in that time would always win at St James's Park. Yeah, because well. I think Decanio <laughs> did the same. Yeah, yeah. talked to Sunderland fans about Will Buckley, and the only good thing he ever did for Sunderland was he he set up the winner in that De Canio win at St. James's Park. So if you ever mention Will Buckley, they'll be like, they'll say the same that we did, hamstring made of glass, you know, et cetera, et cetera. But yeah, they'll be like, great cross, but I can't remember who scored for Sunderland. But he squared yeah. the ball wherever scored. Wasn't it De Canio who went in to replace Poyot or vice versa, wasn't it? Or I think something? De Canio went in to replace, I don't know, actually. Which it's, it's what they, it's not what they kind of the example of, um, you know, kind of out of the frying pan into the fire sort of thing. I mean, yeah, you're going for a, a calming figure after you get rid of Poyet. 
then you get to Kanyo in. I can't remember which way round it was, but yeah. Yeah. But either way round, it's it's an interesting choice. Anyway, speaking of um, people falling out with um, uh, other people, there was um, apparently Balotelli and Cialino, or Cialino, who was a former Leeds owner, is now at Brescia. Apparently they've had a massive falling out. And Balotelli has more or less been kicked out of the club, apparently, after after saying something. (laughs) So I don't know what that was all about. It's an interesting Um, combination, those two, isn't it? Yeah, fiery. (laughs) But I think that pretty much concludes for today, then, for this episode. It's been great to hear quite a few good memories there, some funny stuff. And obviously, I think we can all agree that excluding the the very obvious ones was probably a wise move because we all know what they are. And amongst those, I think probably Will Buckley's goal, um, the first game in the Amex, would probably be rating more or less at number one, I think, for most. Um, yeah, Ajoa at um, Forest was another obvious one that we uh, yeah, could easily yeah. have put in. That was... Cup final, Smith the score, I guess. Mm. <laughs> but uh, there we go. Well, Brett, it's been great having you with us for these two episodes. Thank you very much. Maybe you have you on again at some point. You'd be welcome yeah, to yeah, come back. And we hope to see you in the Caxton and uh, to have a few pints in there soon, fairly soon. Oh. I don't know how soon it'll be. But uh, oh. <laughs> it's been great having you on. Thanks, as always, to Peter. And thanks again to Robin for joining us. Um, we'll see you next time or we'll speak to you next time stand or fall up the Albion bye everyone cheers Sports Social Podcast Network